an unforgivable oversight that risked national security or a missed opportunity to end offshore processing. The federal government yesterday set aside other matters to urgently renew the designation of Nauru as offshore process, as an offshore processing country after the previous designation lapsed without being renewed. The government insists they still have the legal authority to continue the agreement, but the declaration sort of centralises that power with the Prime Minister pushing aside any criticism. There's no impact on it. Uh, it was dealt with uh, yesterday clearly by the Parliament. Shadow Home Affairs Minister Karen Andrews accused the government of dropping the ball. It is unforgivable that the Labor government could do absolutely nothing in a four-month period of time to ensure that there was a regional processing centre designated. Now, members of the crossbench used the debate to again criticise the treatment of asylum seekers as egregious and perverse. Graham Tom is Amnesty International's refugee advisor. Welcome to you, Graham. I mean, for four months, this declaration was not in place. Why do you think this is proof that Nauru is not a critical or a substantial plank in Australia's immigration policy? Well, I think the reality is that it hasn't been since 2014. Not a single person has been taken there since 2014, despite the billions of dollars that have been spent on maintaining it. Uh, and at the same time, you know, we have had boats arrive um, since the election. We've had a, a number of boats in the last few months. So this idea that somehow Nauru is a deterrent is obviously a nonsense. This idea that Nauru can be used for processing is also a nonsense. They're not taking anyone there. And the reality is that they rely, as they have since 2014, on the Navy intercepting people and simply turning them back. So, you know, it's not surprising they've taken their eye off the ball on this one. The reality is they're trying to empty Nauru of, of the people who are still there. We have about 60 people still there who've been there for 10 years. And their priority is actually to get them off. So it does beg the question, why do we need to, to reintroduce this instrument? And why are we still paying hundreds of millions of taxpayer dollars to private companies to essentially look after a handful of people? Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill referred to settlement or resettlement agreements with the US and Canada and New Zealand as evidence of the success of Australia's current system. What do you make of that response? Well, I think let's look at that because the reality is the US process is about to finish. So they won't be sending any more people to the US beyond those who are currently in the pipeline to go. Uh, the New Zealand agreement is for 450 people over three years. Now, let's remember, we already have over a 1,000 people here in Australia that have been brought back from Nauru and P&G who are somehow supposed to be shoehorned into that 450 places. So that's not going to happen. We know that as a reality. And as far as Canada is concerned, the only people who have gone to Canada have been through private sponsorship. This is Australian private citizens raising millions of dollars to give money to private citizens in Canada to sponsor people to go there. So to claim that those three solutions are still on the table is a nonsense. And you know, that's always been the problem. There has never been an end game, a realistic end game for taking people offshore, which is why they've stopped doing it since 2014. So again, this is just a ridiculous smokescreen 
that covers up the unbelievable harm that it has caused to women, children and others who were taken offshore. So the fact that they can actually make these comments in Parliament, you know, I find quite extraordinary. Independent MP Andrew Wilkie has again pushed to replace the current model with a regional solution where Asia-Pacific countries would run centres where asylum seekers are registered and lodge a preference for where they want to be resettled. Mandatory detention would not be allowed in that instance. Amnesty is also seeking a regional response as well. So what would be the benefits of such a proposal that gives some sort of choice or or agency to, to the asylum seeker? Is that it? Well, I think a regional solution is much broader than that. And we do have the Bali process meeting coming up. Um, Australia is a co-chair with Indonesia of that meeting. And it involves engaging the whole region. Resettlement is not going to be a solution for everyone. So we do need to see the region engaging in search and rescue, safe disembarkation. You know, we had a 360% increase in Rohingya getting on boats last year. And we lost over 340 people uh, at sea because governments in this region wouldn't step up in terms of search and rescue, wouldn't disembark people. And when people are taken to countries like Thailand, Malaysia, Indonesia, they need to have their basic rights. They need the ability to work. They need to be able to send their kids to school. They need to be able to access healthcare. And when you've got those things, that keeps people safe. So then countries like Australia, New Zealand, the US and Canada can engage appropriately to make sure those people who need a resettlement outcome can be resettled and that there are safe alternatives to getting people that don't involve them risking their lives at sea and don't involve detaining them for a decade and physically destroying them. You know, that is why we think engaging with the reason there are mechanisms there. Why don't we use them? It's 14 past four. You're on RN Drive. Graham Tom is Amnesty International's uh, refugee or asylum seeker policy expert. We just want to ask you about uh, particularly the growing number of attempted sea crossings by Rohingya fleeing violence in Myanmar. Now, this is interesting. The UNHCR has reported a 360% increase in the mm. past year. Uh, this week, Australia is co-chairing the ministerial conference of the Bali process you just mentioned. Uh, you've called for Australia to show stronger leadership. So what would that look like to you and how would that specifically help uh, mitigate this extraordinary increase in attempted sea crossings coming from the Rohingya? Well, I think we need to look at a number of different things. Firstly, the situation in Myanmar under the junta, military junta, is deteriorating. We are now seeing them using helicopter gunships to attack civilians on the, the border with Thailand. You know, it's a dire situation. At the same time, you've got the Rohingya in the camps in Bangladesh who fled five years ago and the situation there is deteriorating for them, including even access to clean water, let alone healthcare, let alone livelihoods, let alone education. So we need to have a, a solution there. And then when these people try and get to safety, we need to make sure that countries like Thailand and Malaysia aren't detaining them indefinitely, providing no access to UNHCR, so no other solution for them, and simply forcing them back to danger. This is where Australia can play a role through the Bali process. There is emergency mechanisms there that can be initiated to rescue people who are stranded at sea, rather than what we saw last year was, again, Achenese fishermen 
stepping up where governments fail to rescue people. Um, but we also need Australia to engage through ASEAN and other regional mechanisms to actually address the root causes. Bangladesh obviously needs more support. They've been hosting a million refugees for the last five years and the world has moved on. And so no wonder the Bangladeshi government is growing frustrated with the fact that they've been lumped with this significant group of people. So there needs to be support there, but at the same time, we need to address the root causes. And ultimately, we need the Rohingya to be able to go home. Graham Tom is Amnesty International's refugee advisor. Appreciate your time this afternoon. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Andy. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.